Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. Now, I, I just want to say to somebody that if you are just tired of the, the enemy's voice in your head, you're tired of the enemy's voice. Day after day, that Philistine came around. Day after day, that giant came down. And, and David, the, the, the thing is that the army had got used to the voice of the enemy. And they tolerated the voice of the enemy. I, I think there's someone, there's someone in the room who've, you've just, you're tolerating the voice of the enemy. But there was something that rose up in David. that said, no, I, why? Why are we sitting around listening to this voice? Why are we sitting around listening to this uncircumcised Philistine? I don't come against you in my own strength. I come against you in the name of the Lord our God. Hey, listen, seven o'clock, nobody else got that all day. That was just especially for you. You're blessed. You're called. You're anointed. Turn to someone and say, he's talking to you. Come on. So I've got to say that we were going to handle this quite differently. I gave, I gave hints of that actually last week. And then, you know, because the Lord can do whatever He wants, He said, mm, I don't think, I don't think I want you to go about it that way. Because this week isn't just about promotion. It's not just about promoting our teams. This is about devotion. It's about devotion. And, and I, I just got a sense that we need to understand that this is important. It's important to God. It's important to our relationship with Him. We're going to look just very, very briefly in a couple of areas that I felt the Spirit of God direct me to. The first one being John 13, which is the account of Jesus washing His disciples' feet. Now, this wasn't a spiritual thing. It, it wasn't you know, uh, in that day and age, anything special at all. Essentially, it's because when you're walking around the streets of Palestine and it was sweaty and it was hot, it was dirty. And, you know, the, the animals were in the streets doing what animals do in the streets. And you were walking through all kinds of stuff. It's just that when you sat down to a meal in a warm room, a bit like this tonight, and there would be a hum in the, the room. There would be a bit of a stench in the room. And, and, and that's why in order to, to make an environment that was more pleasant to eat in, it was the custom to wash the feet of those guests. And, and it was usually the, the lowest servant in the household who would get that job because it just wasn't a pleasant job. Well, in this account, we see that the disciples, including Jesus, had sat around a table and no one came. No one came to wash the feet. So now we've got an unspoken conversation going on around the table because everybody knows that somebody needs to step up. You know, it's like, so there would be the same, you know, like it would be unusual 
in British culture that if you went to someone's home, you weren't offered a drink, a cup of tea or something like that. It would be unusual. And, uh, you know, maybe if you didn't get offered, you'd come away thinking, I can't believe they never even offered me a cup of tea. You know what I mean? It's like you, it, didn't, it didn't matter whether you wanted the cup of tea or not. It's just you wanted to be offered it, you know. You wanted to be offered it so you could refuse. And But it would would have been that kind of thing that, you know, like, it's like, this is weird. There's something missing. Something needs to to happen here. And and so now this really, really awkward moment happens where Jesus pushes himself away from the table. And everyone's thinking, oh, no. Like, Jesus shouldn't be doing this. This is awkward. You know, it's almost like you can see the guys looking at each other thinking, And, but Jesus just gets, gets on with it. And, and you see, the thing is, they, they never expected Jesus to do it because you actually know, and it's not what I'm talking about, but when Jesus um, came to Peter and Peter said, no, Lord, you, you can't wash my feet. And you see, of course, when, when Peter said, Lord, you can't wash my feet, what he was saying was, because if I was the Lord, I wouldn't wash feet. But you see that, that, that Jesus essentially was in the process of teaching them something. And we see that when he got up from the meal, he took off, he took off his outer, he took off his outer clothing. And, 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 and I felt the Spirit of God begin to speak to me about that because I felt that was a significant thing that he took off his outer clothing. You see, of course, Jesus had already He'd already laid aside his majesty. He'd, he'd, he'd already laid aside his, his deity and he put on humanity. But, but even lower than that, Jesus then came and he removed his outer garment. And I felt to say to you, you know, that our outer garments, they, they're a bit of a status thing. They, this our uniform. It, it's, 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 it represents something of us. It's about status. It's about, it's about status. And, and Jesus took that off. I would want to say that not only did he take off the status, not only did he, as it were, in that environment, lay down his lordship. I, I want to say, you know, I don't know. It's a bit like your outer garments are, you know, like, when it comes to dirty work, you don't want to mess them up. You know, it's like, no, it's my best top or that's my best dress or my best trainers. I, I would do it, but I'm wearing my best trainers. You know what I mean? I, I'm wearing my best jeans. I can't get involved because I'm wearing my best jeans. And, and I just thought to myself, that when Jesus removed his outer garment, he's also teaching us to lay down your excuses. To lay down your excuses that what I'm about to show you, what I'm about to lead you into, I'm, I'm about to give you a glimpse into something. And, and he took off his outer garment, but he didn't just take off something. He wrapped a towel around his waist. Last week we spoke about three armies. We spoke 
about David's mighty man. And a significant thing about David's mighty man was that, that each one of them were prepared to, to lay down their lives for what in actuality were, were seemingly insignificant things, but they did not think about the value of those things because what was most important to them was that they did their duty. So with valiant, heart, with valiant hearts, they served in whatever way that they could. And, and obviously over the last weeks, we've been speaking about the army and, and about joining up. And, and, and tonight is, is no excuse, but I want to speak to you around the fact that this army, this army wears a towel. There's something, I don't know, there's something, there's a great leveler about the towel. When I take off my outer garments, I, I, you know, and I put on a towel, suddenly it doesn't matter whether I'm a managing director or whether I'm a doctor or whether I stack shelves or whether I'm a teacher or whether I'm a stay-at-home parent. It doesn't matter what part of town I come from, what kind of car I drive, what kind of salary I earn, it's, it, it, suddenly it doesn't matter whether I'm high born, low born, wherever I come from, because the Tao is the great level of the Tao says, I'm a servant. I'm a servant. And, and, and when, we, when we all wear towels, the most significant thing becomes the Tao. It doesn't matter about anything else. It, when I see the Tao, I see a servant. And of course, Jesus modeled this. He, he, when he finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. He said, do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them, you, you call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that is what I am. See, Jesus was completely secure. He didn't have any false humility. You know, he's, you know, like, oh, no, don't, don't call me that, guys. Don't call me Lord. You know, it's like, no, man, just, just, Jesus knew who he was. And because he knew who he was, he was able to, to lay that down and, and step up to the plate and wash, do the lowliest job and wash the feet of his disciples. More importantly than that, he then said, I have set you an example. Think about that for a moment. I have set you an example. This is Jesus. This is, this is the one we say we follow. This is the one who is our Lord and Savior. And he is saying to us, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. He goes on to say that now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. This army wears a towel because this army isn't just about words. It's not just about talk. It's about what you do. What did Jesus say? You'll be blessed if you do them. A little bit of a hint there that Jesus wants us to understand the blessing is in what we do. We're really good at talking about it. We're really good about saying what we're going to do. We're really good at 
intending to do things, but Jesus wants to make it clear that the blessing is in what we do. And we should follow his example. Got another um, uh, illustration here in, um, in Matthew chapter 20. Matthew 20, this is quite cool actually because we've got the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus. She came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down, asked them for a favor. You've got to love this. You've got to love, you've got to love mom rolling with her boys, coming up to Jesus and say, hey Jesus, you're awesome. Just deal with my boys. Um, just a little favor, a little favor, just a little favor because we know, we know that you're going to come into your kingdom. We know, we know you're awesome. And uh, I, I just got something to ask you. Um, you know, small thing, when you come into your kingdom, could my boys, one sit on your right, one sit on your left? And, 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 and Jesus responds, interesting, he said, mm, so let me ask, can, can you drink the cup that I will drink? Mm. What, I, what I wish I was reading here was, I can't read it anymore now, it's disappeared. No, no, don't, hey, there we are, thank you. What I wish I was reading here was they paused and thought for a moment. But he doesn't say that. He says, Jesus says, can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? They, we can. We can. Where's Jesus? We can. Reminds me, you know, of, uh, you know I've married many uh, couples over the years. Tando just got married a couple of weeks ago to, to Mel. And uh, had the privilege of uh, doing their service. And, uh, and they represent many couples over the years because it's all beautiful. It's beautiful. There are flowers and everyone's in dresses. And then do, everyone's in their best suits. And it's like a, just such an awesome environment. They say their vows and they look into each other's eyes. And it's all such a beautiful moment. And it's wonderful. And almost without fail, I step back from that moment and say they've got no idea what they're talking about. You've got no idea. Oh, I know you want to. I know you mean it as best you can at the time. But we need to, let me, let me say it this way. Uh, when, when we'd been married, uh, my wife and I had been married 25 years. Uh, we, got, we got married here, uh, but we, we uh, lived in Cape Town for 10 years. And we renewed our vows uh, we got married here on a very drizzly March day. But let me tell you, we, we renewed our vows in Cape Town on Landudno Beach at sunset. Come on, somebody. It was pretty awesome. And, um, and we, let me tell you, when I, when I renewed my vows on that day, when Lynn renewed her vows on that day, let me tell you that we knew what we were talking about. Because we'd had 25 years I've put it into practice. We knew what we were talking about. Like it, it costs, it costs something. Hello, Matthew Burroughs. This is Matthew Burroughs. He was trying to sneak on the stage unnoticed, but I drew attention to him. 
So we knew, we knew what we were talking about. This because Jesus was trying to explain to the disciples, like I'd want to explain to every married couple, that there's a cost to those vows. They're not just words. There's a cost to those vows. All the married people in the room said, Amen. Amen. And, and there's a cost. There's a cost to serving Jesus. Jesus said, hey guys, yeah, okay, you're going to drink that. You're going to drink that cup. But I can't decide who sits on my right and on my left. Then I love the next bit. The next bit is the other 10 are now wound up. Bible says they're indignant. Hmm. Who do these guys think they are? You know, what about us? We also want something great. You know what? Their mom makes me sick. She's always in there saying, oh, my boys, my boys. They're also, but what about us? We also want something big. We also want something good. And Jesus has to call them together. And he has to say, guys, you're talking just like the world. You know that the rulers and the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Jesus gives them an instead. See, Jesus gives us, and instead, we've got to understand that we don't fight like the world fights. We, we don't live by the same rules and principles. There are kingdom principles to be applied here. Jesus says, whoever wants to become great among you must, say must, must be your servant. Hey, there's not a get out clause here. You must. And, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. I just want to remind you that there's nothing here that says you shouldn't want to be great. There's nothing here that says you shouldn't want to be first. It just says there's a route to that. There's a road to that. Jesus wants us to understand that he's hidden greatness in servanthood. He's hidden, like, that might not make sense to you because you live in a world where they tell you, hey, you've got to get your name out there. You've got to make a name for yourself. You've got, to, you've got to push to the front of the queue. You've got to do whatever is necessary. You only live once. You've got to, you've got to fight for position. But Jesus is saying, no, you must lay all that aside. And he said this, he said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom. To give my life as a ransom. Let's just look at that a moment. A ransom is a sum of money paid to release captives. Hmm. A sum of money paid to release captives. There's a secret here. There's a link between servanthood and the release of captives. Not just, not just a few. In fact, what does Jesus say there? He said that he gave his life as a ransom for many, for multitudes. 
I want to say to us, Heart Church, tonight that, that Jesus is trying to get our attention and, and, and trying to get us to believe and think beyond small and safe. He, I believe that He actually wants us to, to get beyond the realm of the doable. I believe that He wants us to get in a realm where it's absolutely not possible unless He turns up and does what only He can do. That is the space that He wants us to get into. That is the, the space that He wants us to occupy. He's trying to get to us some kingdom principles that greatness is hidden in servanthood, that, that prominence is hidden in seclusion. I have to lose in order to find. I have to let go in order to hold on. Didn't Jesus say that? That if I, if I try to hold on to my life, I'll lose it. He says, let go of it. Let go of your life and then you get to keep it. This is, there's something about me serving that is about me and my relationship with God. It's also, it's also for the sake of many captives being set free. Jesus is trying to get us to understand. He's saying, follow my example because He came as a servant. And He's the one we say we love. He's the one we say we follow. If I call myself a Christian, I'm somewhat obligated to follow His example. See, it's a little bit weird, me, me walking around with a towel around my waist. It's not very much of a fashion statement. It doesn't, it kind of doesn't make sense, but, but there, is, there is a context, I think, a context, I think, where it makes a little more sense. See, when I'm, when I'm in this position, when I take up the position that, that Jesus took, I, I believe that there's some things I can only understand about Jesus from the position of servanthood. There's some things that only make sense from this position. Even the towel doesn't look weird from this position. There's some things that only make sense that as I as I serve, as I, as I take up the posture of Jesus, that I understand that, that this place is, is, a, is, is a place of worship. It's a place of adoration. It's as important as singing our songs. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with singing songs. I believe it. I love it. But we've made so much of what we do about the service. Have you ever thought about the fact that the service has the word service in it? It's about service. That somehow I can only follow Him truly. I can only get Him truly if I do so from a place of servanthood. See, Jesus gave his life 
as payment for the release of multitudes of captives. That's why this army wears a towel. That's why if you think that we are just trying to fill teams, you really miss the point of what this is all about. This is not about filling teams. It's about raising disciples. It's about turning churchgoers into Christ followers. It's about people who will walk like he walked and do like he did. That's why this army wears a towel. Because when I wear a towel, it reminds me that I belong to him. That whatever position I have in the world, it is only because of the blessing of God. It is only because he has blessed me, because he gave me the strength, the intellect, the wisdom. I don't even know why I got the job, but somehow, even though I wasn't the most qualified candidate, I got the job. Why? Because of the blessing of God. There's something, as when I walk in the towel, with the towel, it reminds me that I'm putting Jesus first. That every blessing that I have, why can I say that I'm so busy with the blessings? I'm too busy with the blessings and I forget the blesser. I forget the one who got the blessing to me. See, Jesus laid down his life and he became a servant because he knew how to one walk in faith. He trusted. It wasn't that Jesus didn't have opinions. When he knelt in the garden of Gethsemane, he made it clear that he had preferences. He said, Lord, if possible, if possible, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. It's not wrong to have a preference. It's not wrong to have a desire. It's not wrong to have an expected outcome. But that must always be submitted to the will of God. Always in our heart, we must carry nevertheless. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. See, Jesus could take up the position of a servant because he trusted his life to God. And to me, this is so much of what this is about. You know what we can serve? We can serve it with, serve with white knuckles and gritted teeth. We can serve with a bad attitude, but we served. Hey, I did it. Tick the box. Did what they said. I hope you're happy now. I don't think that's what the Lord is talking about here. There's something about heart. There's something about attitude. There's there's something about the fact that that Jesus is wanting to call something out of us. It's like servanthood is not a test. It's not an exam that I pass and then I don't have to do it anymore. He's hidden joy. 
in truly serving, when I serve like the Master, when I serve like my Jesus, it's that I don't, I don't care, just, just let me serve. I know I don't have to, but just let me serve. I want to serve. Because when I serve, I feel His presence. When I serve, I feel Him close to me. When I serve, I just know His pleasure. When I serve, I feel like I'm most like Him. That I see the smile of God. I I just believe that God wants us to to walk as those who, who trust Him with our lives. Oh, I'm not talking about just saying that we trust Him with our lives, but we actually trust Him with our lives. Do I trust Him with my promotion? The Bible says that promotion doesn't come from the East or the West. It comes from the Lord. Oh, sure, I've got to work hard and I've got to show a great attitude and I've got to be promotable, but at the end of the day, promotion doesn't come from just simply me and my actions. It comes from the Lord. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. It's, it's not just about me and it's not just about you, it's, but it's as, as I partner with God, God has chosen us to partner with Him in seeing multitudes of people find Jesus Christ as Lord and as Savior. And, and, and we all get an opportunity to play a part in that. I get an opportunity. I don't know how God turns acts of service into multitudes. Like I've got no idea how Ezekiel, when he spoke those words, God used those words and turned them into breath. I don't know how that transaction happened. I don't know how it took place. All all that I know is that it did. You know what? We, we, We serve a God of miracles, don't we? We serve a God who will take a few fish and and a few loaves and and multiply them. We serve a God who will actually turn water into wine. We serve a God who can put a coin in a fish's mouth. We, we We serve a God who can give us a supernatural catch of fish. We we serve a God who is worthy of our trust. Jesus knew that he could entrust his everything into the hands of God, even though it took him to a cross. But there came, there came a moment, a moment of glorious resurrection because our God is faithful. I said our God is faithful. He will never failures. You need to understand. I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know how dark your circumstances are. I don't know how confused you feel right now. But all I want you to know is God loves you. God knows you. You've not dropped off His radar. He knows exactly where you are. He is for you and He's not against you. And if you will trust Him and stop trying to work things out yourself, you can be absolutely confident that He's going to make a way where there is no way. He's going to open doors that you never imagined could be opened. You're going to find yourself in rooms that you never could have believed you got in. 
God is going to give you success like you never imagined was possible. Will you trust Him tonight? Will you trust Him with your life? Will you trust Him with your future? He will never fail you. He will never let you down. Some of you need to know that God is giving you a dawn. You've had a long, dark night, but dawn is just about to break through. God is giving you a springtime. It's been a long winter and you've lost your song. But God is giving you a springtime and you will sing again. You will dance again. You will be confident again. God is bringing you out and He's going to bring you through. And much joy will fill your heart. He wants you on His team. He wants you as part of His army. But we've got to understand that this army, this army, this army wears a towel. Will you pray with me? Will you pray with me right now? Holy God, we thank you for your grace and your goodness. You are faithful. I thank you for every one of these precious people here today. You know each one of them by name. You know their heart. You know their struggles. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you have set things up that somehow hidden in our servanthood, we will find greatness. Father, I thank you that each one of us knows by your grace that there's something, there's just something. We, we feel there's something that we're on this earth to do. There's something that we're meant to do. We might not be able to think about it. We might not be able to work it all out, but we just know we're here for a reason. And you've given us a route. You've given us a road in which to find your plan and your purpose, to, to understand that there's greatness hidden as we serve you and the multitudes are hidden in our service. God, we pray that, Father, you would make this church an army for your purpose and that would always be an army that wears a towel. We're going to sing in a moment and um, because this is an act of devotion and not promotion, we want you to, to worship. But we also would love it if as part of this moment you felt able to push out from your, your seats and step out from your rows. There are three stations, one over there, one over there, and one over there. And, you know, remember you, you, you're entering into a conversation. No one's actually signing up tonight, but you're saying, hey, I want to be part of this. Because this army, because this army wears a towel, I'm just saying I'm prepared to wear a towel, whatever it means. And uh, you can just go and sign up as we sing this song now. God bless you. Let's sing. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.